Did you know that a business's location is one of the top factors in its success? In Ohio, we work to help you succeed through our highly ranked workforce, development-ready sites, and business-friendly environment. Explore how Ohio is for you and your business at jobsohio.com success. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points.
Greetings and salutations. I am just doing the typical listen to the show on Spreaker tweets that I always have to do. That's one reason why I always do the music breaks before I get rolling. And I have been working on more music to toss in. Thank you, GarageBand. Uh, that stuff's a lifesaver, let me tell you. But um, I think... Therefore, I am about ready to roll. Okay, that's live. Okay, need to retweet this. And... Okay. There's that. And... Okay. We are just about set to roll. I'm uh, going to toss the music on for just a moment longer while I go grab a chair with a back on it, as opposed to a stool. Yeah. I got a lot on the outline. I don't think I can do this without a little bit of back support. <laughs> back in a moment. Ah, good news. I now have more back support. Not to be confused with Homer Simpson's more butt support. Uh, Alright. So, different time uh, to be recording the show at. Especially live. Uh, you know, live on a Sunday night, probably not the best idea because everybody having to go to work. But sometimes that's uh, what you gotta work with. <sighs> And, of course, you can always download the show. But, um, let's see here. Uh, okay. Okay, that's done. That's done. Okay, forgot to make notes for that. But, um, yeah, there's... Basically, what I did was I had... An outline intended for last week, 
and I just kept expanding on it and expanding on it. And now I am staring at possibly uh, maybe an hour and a half show. I have no idea. Hopefully it's not going to be that long because uh, it's already kind of late. But um, let's see. <laughs> okay, that one I might just briefly mention and I, I like to put, you know, put together a decent outline just so I can keep my thoughts in order because I know, you know, sure shooting, I'm going to forget something I really want to talk about if I don't make a note of it. All right. Okay, gonna pester all my friends in the Twitterverse a little bit more. Because where's the fun in not plugging the show? <laughs> okay. Alright, we are just about set. Probably the second or third time I've said it. And one of these days, I'm going to mean it. Okay, April 10th. Still technically, I guess. So we're going to go with it. All right. I guess FOMO's a Mofo episode 11 will be starting in about three, two, one, and I hit the button. April 10th, 2022, this is FOMO's a Mofo, a video game collecting podcast. Coming up on today's episode, Nintendo delays Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, Sony unveils its revamped PS Plus, and Kingdom Hearts 4 is announced. Welcome to FOMO's a Mofo episode 11. We are in the double D digits. <laughs> and we are live on Spreaker.com. I am your host, Blue Swim, and my outro music is playing because I forgot to turn off my auto DJ. <laughs> oh, I love it. Anyways, it, we are live on Spreaker.com, and I am your host, Blue Swim. I think I already said that, but hey, that's what happens when you're doing live. Uh, you can also listen to the show after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all your other favorite podcast providers. So, we are live on a late Sunday night, and there is a lot to talk about today because, well, I put together an outline for episode 11 last week. And, of course, last week I also did the wrestling special, which you can check out on the main podcast feed. And uh, give that a listen if you are uh, a fan of the old-school wrestling games like uh, Fire Pro and No Mercy and SmackDown and stuff like that. Uh, but I was intending on doing the live special and then the standard show live. And, of course, last weekend was Wrestlemania. But it wasn't just Sunday night. They had two nights, Saturday and Sunday, plus SmackDown on Friday night, and then the Hall of Fame after that, 
like live on Peacock, and that ended up going to good grief. It was well, I know the Undertaker talked for about an hour solid, so that was a pretty uh, pretty long night there. And it's just basically the weekend got away from me, and you know, there's only so many hours in the day. But, um, but yeah, uh, so basically some of the things that I was going to talk about last week are on here as well as the stuff from this week. And, uh, thankfully, save for a, a few things noteworthy, uh, it's, uh, not too much more that was added to the outline. A couple of things. But, uh, it's all big stuff to talk about, such as, uh, Sony unveiling their, uh, new three-tiered PlayStation Plus service. Uh, Nintendo delaying Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, the sequel, I should say, and a few other major news things to talk about. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. The key to small business success is maintaining strong relationships with your customers. That's what Constant Contact has been helping small businesses do for over 25 years. With their robust suite of email and digital marketing tools, you don't have to be a marketing pro to find customers, build relationships, and grow your business. Constant Contact's digital marketing platform makes it easy to send automated emails, manage all your contacts, grow your list, advertise on social media, and more. And with all the data you need at your fingertips, it's easy to see what your customers respond to. Constant Contact takes the guesswork out of communicating with your customers effectively. Start building, expanding, and nurturing your customer base to drive better results. Go to ConstantContact.com to get started for free today. Constant Contact. All the digital marketing tools you need, all in one place. A couple of announcements. And... Um... There's one at the end that uh, has already piqued my interest, and um, and the uh, the second one isn't even out yet. That's coming out in a few weeks, I think. Anyways, you'll you'll figure out what I'm talking about, and I'll mention it later on. Then up in new releases, we have one of the major annual sports franchises hitting all three major platforms, uh, platform makers. I don't know anymore. I can't, I can't keep this stuff straight. Uh, plus the launch of Lego Star Wars, a new Lego Star Wars game. There's plenty to talk about there. And uh, then we will move on to pickups and impressions. And uh, there's several things I got to talk about that uh, definitely are worth talking about. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, okay, we are just about set to go. Uh, one quick break, and collecting news will follow in just a moment. And for you live listeners, you don't get the ad. I <laughs> uh, don't like to do the ads, but, um, well, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, it's uh, taking a little bit of 
effort to put this thing together and actually a little bit of money in my uh my uh monthly fees for this actually just doubled so uh i it's not something i want to do but it's something i got to do but uh let's get things rolling i think that's enough time for the break to be edited in let's start with collecting news and first we have on collecting news is unfortunately the delay of nintendo's big 2022 holiday title or most likely holiday title that being zelda breath of the wild 2 it has been delayed out of 2022 entirely it is coming out next year and ag aonuma announced that in a uh, video that they are um targeting a new release window of spring 2023 so basically about another year or so um and basically this this kind of leaves the uh the big hole in that holiday lineup and uh, previously when they announced uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, I talked about whether or not three traditional, well, let's say, I guess it was five because of the two different versions, of uh, traditional Pokemon games in the span of about a year was going to be overkill. Now, I figure, you know, you know, pairing it up with Zelda, you know, in the holiday season, eh, stuff like that probably wouldn't be too bad. Um, but now we're looking at a holiday 2022 with no major Zelda title that everybody has been expecting and anticipating, and yet another uh, series of Pokemon adventures. And, you know, I, I don't want to say that that's not going to work for Nintendo, because I think it's Pokemon. It's obviously going to be tremendously successful, especially since it seems to be taking um, a lot of things from Pokemon uh, Legends of Arceus. But is Pokemon enough to really sustain the Switch this holiday season if uh, people are possibly already kind of getting a little bit burned out on Pokemon because of everything they've already had this year? I mean, they had uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and then about two months later, then, then they uh, launched Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's like, what comes next? Uh, and I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I know Bayonetta's, uh, Bayonetta 3 is out there. It's going to be coming sometime this year, maybe, hopefully. But that seemed like it was going to be more of like a summer title, maybe late summer, early fall. But uh, that could be a good holiday title replacement, and that's just off the top of my head. I know there's probably more I'm completely forgetting about. Um, and, of course, there's been, like, a bazillion leaks, and it's just like, eh. I don't waste my time, you know, studying all these leaks because it's like, you know, sometimes they are actually legit, but, you know, the rest of the time, it is just a complete and utter waste of time. It's just not worth my my efforts whatsoever to try to keep up with them. So it's like, yeah, poke me when you actually have some real news to talk about. Um, but we will see what Nintendo will uh, answer with this 
holiday season. I mean, they, they've got to have something, you know, at least a couple of things up their sleeve. Um, also makes me wonder if they're finally going to start considering the idea of a price drop on the Switch. You know, it's getting to that point where, you know, it's almost going to be six years at, you know, $300 for the main unit. You know, one ninety nine. Of course, that was a few years after that uh, for the DS or for the Switch Lite, and then of course um, last year with the Switch OLED. I don't anticipate the OLED dropping much. Maybe they drop it that down to three hundred, and the regular Switch down to. I don't know if they drop it down to two, maybe two fifty, something like that. Maybe two twenty five. Wait, they like two twenty nine stuff like that, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's going to be a interesting holiday season if there's not going to be any Zelda involved. Um, let's see, moving on. Sony has revealed their new three-tiered lineup for PlayStation Plus. And I guess this is going to be replacing PlayStation Now and kind of integrating that into these new, uh, these new tiers. And the three tiers are PS Plus Essential, which is basically the exact same thing as the PlayStation Plus. You already have no changes in features or price, as as far as I understand. Uh, The second tier is going to be called PS Plus Extra, and that's going to have all the features of the Essential. Uh, the Essential Pack, or Essential Plan, plus up to 400 first- and third-party downloadable titles on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Um, I don't know that they're going to be on PS4 and PS5, or if it's just going to be PS5. I mean, who knows? Uh, but um, that is going to be $14.99 a month, $39.99 quarterly, and $99.99 for a year. And that's the second tier. And here's where things get really interesting. It's the third tier. It is PS Plus Premium. And that has everything from the first two uh, PlayStation Plus tiers, as well as up to 340 PS3 titles uh, through cloud streaming, as well as uh, PlayStation 1, PS2, and PSP games. And uh, basically, you know, 340 titles across those systems, I mean, it sounds like a lot when you're reading it, like, right here, but when you stop and think about how big those libraries are and uh, and how good they are, I mean, it sounds like it's... Um, I don't know if I want to say slim pickings, but, you know, it's, it's going to really be you know, interesting to see what actually makes it to the service. Uh, that's definitely going to be uh, a deciding factor. But um, in addition to the PS3 cloud streaming, um, which ap- apparently they can't figure out how to emulate it on a uh, more powerful system, and they made it. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, uh, you're also going to be able to cloud stream the older titles uh, I guess in the PlayStation Now markets, like if you can already get PlayStation Now, you should be good, but I don't know about other titles. Um, and then just like with uh, Nintendo Switch Online, there will be time-limited full-game trials. And these will run you uh, $17.99 a month, $49.99 quarterly, or uh, let's see, that should be one. 
$199. That's not right. There we go. <laughs> yeah, $119.99 yearly. Yeah, it's not jumping up that much in price. <laughs> that one was a typo. That's my bad. But, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the appeal with this is just going to depend on what games actually make the cut and how well the cloud streaming service runs. And I think the uh, cloud streaming is also going to run on PC, I want to say. I think I saw that when I was reading the article uh, over again earlier today. Um, I mean, personally, you know, I, I, it's, I, don't, I don't play online enough to spend... You know the price of a full retail launch day, you know day one game on online service. Hell, Nintendo's lucky to get twenty bucks out of me a year just for Switch Online, <laughs> and that's just for the cloud saves, I guess. But no, I, I stand corrected. I did play a lot of Mario Kart a few weeks ago, and I need to play more of it. That was fun, good stuff. Well, let's see. Moving on. Uh... Unfortunately, if you are like me and look forward to a certain gigantic video game event uh, in the early days of summer, that being E3, well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. E3 is officially cancelled. And there's going to be no physical show, there's going to be no digital show, it is just flat out cancelled. And that sucks you know i mean of course there's gonna be companies just doing their own thing anyways it's like why pay x amount of money and licensing fees and stuff like that when you can just produce your own show and stick it on youtube and just as many people will watch it if not more you know i mean i can kind of understand that but uh that did not stop jeff Keeley from announcing that summer games fest will return in june so uh I guess E3 lives on in its own way, shape, or form. <laughs> but, um, you know, I always looked forward to E3. It was just like, it was like video gamer Christmas to me. That's how I've always really viewed it. And, you know, for it to, at least E3, proper E3 as far as the brand goes, you know, for that to kind of get shelved at least for this year, and I'm not exactly optimistic about next year, um, you know, I, that's, uh, that's a heartbreaker, let me tell you. But, you know, that's not going to stop the announcements from coming. That's not going to stop the, uh, new trailers from getting out onto the interwebs. <sighs> so, at the very least, we, uh, have something to look forward to with the, uh, Summer Games Fest. That's, that was pretty good last year, too, if I remember correctly. Uh, then again, it's like uh, every game that's announced is just some shooter game with like zombies and blood and stuff like that it's just like yeah it's all the same but uh one thing that is not necessarily all the same is kingdom hearts 4 and this just got announced a few hours ago and this is uh basically going to take a different art style i guess a more realistic art style compared to uh how the previous games were uh, more Disney animation-like, I guess you'd say. And um, basically, in the trailer, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even bother trying to summarize the story of the game or the trailer because, quite frankly, I don't understand it. I have never really played much of the Kingdom Hearts games. I picked up the uh, 
the all-in-one bundle last year. But, of, of course, it's me. I never got around to doing anything with it. <laughs> I always assume these things are just going to, like, completely dry up, and then it's like, oh, there's another sale on it a week later, and it's five bucks cheaper. It's like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, basically, uh, in the trailer, you see Sora with a more realistic, you know, real-life art style. And he's in this, you know, spectacular city and this giant beast uh, just kind of, like, appears out of thin air. And it's like kaiju-sized, you know, big beast. So, of course, you know, Sora goes in to fight it. He sprints in, his keyblade, you know, appears, and he uh, jumps straight into gameplay footage of him attacking the beast and countering and hitting him with some some kind of drill or whatnot. I mean, it's all crazy and over the top, and it looks really good. Uh, at one point, Sora was running through a piece of a building that was that had gotten lifted up and thrown through the air or something like that. It's like running on the windows as they're breaking or something like that. I mean, it, it looked pretty neat. Uh, but what really jumped out to me the most about the trailer um, was something that actually uh, I completely missed out on. Uh, I guess I just wasn't paying enough attention or I got distracted at the time when I was watching it because I think I did uh anyways uh apparently somebody noticed that in one of the scenes shown in the trailer uh there was like a lot of like greenery and you know forests and trees and stuff like that and someone noticed in the upper uh right corner of I think they want to say it was like 37 seconds in or something like that um Somebody noticed a familiar metallic foot-like object standing in the mud and the dirt of one of the forest areas. And that uh, metallic foot-like object uh, bears a striking resemblance to the uh, the foot of an Imperial ATST walker from the forest moon of Endor. And everybody is just losing their minds because now Kingdom Hearts is teasing a Disney Star Wars collaboration in addition to the uh, the traditional Donald Duck and Goofy uh, Disney characters. I mean, it's... Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Bridgestone Tires just rolled into Midas. And if you roll in, we've got an exclusive deal for you. Get $70 back in Bridgestone rebates, plus a $50 reward card with paid installation. Shop Bridgestone Tires at Midas.com. I'm going to be very, very interested to see how they integrate it. You know, what voices they possibly bring in. If they're going to bring in, like, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford or... Maybe James Earl Jones. I know I know he's like pushing 90, but he's still doing okay as far as I know. Uh, it would be nice to see him come back as Vader. I mean, it's it's there's just so much potential that they could do with this, but you know, I it's uh going to be a ways off, I think. Um 
I don't know that it's coming out this year. I think it's coming out next year, if I had to guess. But um, we shall see what we shall see with with that. And uh, in the meantime, maybe I actually need to get around to playing those Kingdom Hearts things. <laughs> uh, I have no idea what the hell that story is going to entail, because apparently it's a, kind of a clusterfuck. A neat clusterfuck, but nonetheless a clusterfuck. Uh, let's see. One thing that will hopefully not be a clusterfuck is the new Tomb Raider game that is in development. And Crystal Dynamics has confirmed that their next game is in the works, featuring Laura Croft, or at least I hope it's going to be Laura Croft. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, reboot trilogy Laura, if it's going to be, you know, a new take on it or what. We don't really know, but we have a confirmation that it is going to run on Unreal Engine 5. Uh, I'm going to guess that that's not going to make it to the Switch. <laughs> um, but uh, apparently one other thing that could potentially tie in with the uh, next Tomb Raider game is that Jeff Ross, the director of Days Gone, is now working at Crystal Dynamics. And... I forgot to make note of what title he has, or if they mentioned it. I, th I think it was some uh, gameplay director or something like that. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what see what he does. Um, I'm assuming he's going to be working on the next Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider Reboot 4, I guess you'd tentatively call it. But um, personally, you know, the reboot games were, you know, they were great in their own right. Um, that first one was kind of rough because it just seemed like they were kind of going over the top with all the grisly, gory, wincing, you know, horror moments that, uh, you know, just, it just made, made me kind of cringe a little bit half the time. And there was also like, uh, the whole random bear trap thing where she's just walking along and, oh, hey, look, a random bear trap hits her in the leg. It's like, just what else can go wrong for poor Laura? <laughs> Lara, whatever. Um, you know, if, if they go back to that universe, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I mean, the games play great. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I love the Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider games. I loved uh, what they did with the, uh, the Tomb Raider trilogy on the PS3, PS2 to PS3. Um, you know, like the 360 era, I guess you'd say. Uh, I loved Tomb Raider Legend, one of my all-time favorite action games, and I 1,000%ed the, or 1,000 uh, gamer scored, excuse me, um, all the trophies with it, and then I got all the trophies on the PS3 trilogy version of it. Uh, I just, I love those games. Crystal Dynamics, they make good stuff, let me tell you. So whatever they're doing next, it's probably going to be pretty damn good. Maybe not up my alley 100% if it gets too gritty or gory, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it's whatever it is, it'll probably be worth your time. And uh, one other thing that is going to be probably worth your time is that they have announced a new One Piece RPG called One Piece Odyssey. And this is for the 25th anniversary of One Piece. Holy crap. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday I was... Uh, you know, checking it out when it was on, like, Fox? Like, was it 4Kids TV? You know, like, when they were still in the, uh, 
what was it, the Romance Dawn era, I guess it was. And now, 20 years later, <laughs> well, 25 years, I guess, but maybe 20 years for me. Um, yeah, that is, that's a long time. And this uh, new game is basically going to be done by, I believe, Bandai Namco, who just unveiled their uh, new logo or officially put it into action. Um, I'm already missing the old one. Not that I can remember which order came first, the Bandai or the Namco, anyways. But, um, uh, basically this new RPG, this new One Piece RPG, is going to feature an original story by series cre uh, creator, uh, Aichi Aichiro o Oda. Oh, me and, me and names. I need to rehearse these things. <laughs> I don't know if it's Ichiro or Aichiro Oda. But anyways, he's been doing the One Piece manga for 25 years, apparently, and uh, he worked on this new story and the uh, characters for it apparently three years ago. And uh, in the beginning of the trailer, he had like a little short message or a little graphic talking about uh, it's hard to believe that these uh, characters after three years are coming to life or something like that. Um, but uh, what's interesting for... Uh, for some people out there is probably going to be who's uh, handling the music and that being uh, Motoi Sakuraba of the Tales of series apparently he's going to be handling the tunes and the music in the, in the trailer was really good um, the, tr the, uh, the art style for it was actually kind of interesting too because it reminded me a little bit of Jump Force but not necessarily in a bad way I mean I know Jump Force didn't have a great reputation but it's like this has like a Kind of like in between realistic and anime style. It's like it doesn't have like the cell shaded look, but it kind of but it retains all the anime characteristics and facial features and stuff like that of the anime look. Uh, it looks pretty hot actually. And uh, this is going to be coming out later this year on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. So not too long to wait before you can get your hands on that one. Now, one thing you can get your hands on right now, and you probably want to do it if you are a, uh, uh, tr what's the term, trophy whore, <laughs> um, is uh, everybody's golf on the PS4 is unfortunately going to be shuttering their servers in September. And apparently at least one of the trophies is tied to the online servers. So uh, if you are obsessed with getting a platinum on that, uh, now is the time to do that because you don't have too much longer left to uh, go ahead and get that game and get whatever you need to get done with that done. And uh, Everybody's Golf is basically, I think that's the international name for Hot Shots Golf. They don't call it Hot Shots Golf anymore. That's, you know, this, that's what this is now. They adopted the uh, international name, I guess. And, uh, you know, I played it and, uh, you know, I mean, it was all right. I didn't have any problems with it, but, you know, it's one of those games where it's like it kind of leaned heavily into the live servers and live, you know, or live service, I should say. And, you know, it just never really, uh, really held, held my focus. I'm more of a single player game, especially with stuff like that. Cause you know, the minute you get ahead on somebody online, you know, they're going to pull the plug and it's just complete waste of time um but uh fortunately that's usually pretty cheap as far as the game goes uh it, you, i want to say it's like around 20 bucks so if you are in the market for it now's the time to grab it and uh get that online trophy or trophies i 
can't remember. It's been a long time. I know it's at least one, apparently. But um, moving on, we have the physical edition of Eastward. Eastward. Did I say that right the first time? Whatever. Eastward. Uh, those pre-orders for the physical version have opened, and they are going to run you $34.99 from your uh, usual retailers. I believe Best Buy and Amazon already have listings up for it. And this is another game from the developer of um, of uh, Stardew Valley. And everybody loves Stardew Valley, and the trailer for uh, Eastward looked really, really good. Um... I haven't spent any time with it. You know, I never I never got around to picking it up. I mean, I was okay with Stardew Valley, but, um, I mean, the gameplay itself was good, but the characters didn't really grab me. Uh, you know, it felt like... I don't want to call it a trashy Harvest Moon, but I'm going to call it a trashy Harvest Moon. <laughs> it's like the mayor left his underpants at... Uh, in the bedroom of uh, one of the love interests in the game, it's like, okay, yeah, this is definitely not Harvest Moon. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, I, I've heard good things about uh, Eastward, so uh, if you are in the market for that, thirty-four ninety-nine for a physical copy. If you uh, like to uh, save some space on your machine and go physical with it. And... Um, Let's see. Moving on, we have news of not one, but two remakes coming out. And those being remakes of Max Payne and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. These are now in development at Remedy Entertainment. And it's going to be published by Rockstar Games, which I believe they were published by them back in the original run. I guess it was around the PS2 era. And, uh, basically, this is going to run on Remedy's proprietary North Light engine. So, I guess, uh, that's another title that you can not hold your breath on seeing on the Switch. And, as a matter of fact, it's actually confirmed that it's not going to be on the Switch. It is confirmed, however, for the PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. So, uh, if you remember the old, uh, bullet time gameplay of the Max Payne games, uh, good news, uh, it's coming back. And I guess it's going to be in a brand new, uh, modern take on it. It's still in the, uh, concept development stage, so, uh, it's probably going to be a ways out there. I, I wouldn't hold our breath on seeing it next year, but maybe 2024? Something like that, maybe? Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, gonna be an interesting next-gen title. And, um, if, so the, uh, Switch doesn't get left out, there's something coming to it as well. And it's a title we are, uh, well familiar with, because I talked about the, uh, series on the last Canonical episode, maybe the one before it. Uh, that being Nobunaka's Ambition. Uh, it was announced that Nobunaga's Ambition Rebirth is coming to the Switch, uh, at least in Japan. Um, this is going to be releasing on July 21st, and uh, it is... Uh, basically, this is like the uh, Japanese version of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms 
uh, type games that basically it's like political strategy and, you know, negotiating with these, with these, um, you know, these heads of the villages and stuff like that. And, um, you know, these em emperors or whatever. I'm forgetting the technical term. Work with me here. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I, what I played of, uh, Nobunaga's Ambition was actually really good. I didn't spend a ton of time with it, but I'm hoping this is going to, uh, going to come out over here in the States before too long. And it looks like the, uh, Nobunaga's Rebirth, or Nobunaga's Ambition Rebirth, I should say, uh, will also be hitting Windows PC and PS4. So, uh, there's something to, uh, keep your fingers crossed on, but, uh, I know, uh, I know they had some, uh, Oh, I, I guess, was it, Three Kingdoms game come to the Switch uh, last year? And it was kind of up there in price, I guess, because of all the uh, text and translating they had to do. Uh, I want to say it was like a $70 Switch game instead of uh, the normal 60 and that was one thing that kind of put me off on getting it. It was also digital only. But, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's one to look forward to and keep your fingers crossed on. And, uh, one thing, let's see, I thought I had a, thought I had a graphic in here that was gonna go along with it, but hopefully I didn't lose it, uh, for the next story, oh well, it's gone, <laughs> but, um, uh, anyways, the last thing in collecting news, and this is the one that I was teasing about, oh, the sequel's not already out, or the volume two's not already out, and they're already announcing volume three, and that is Prinny Presents the NIS Collection Volume Three, and NIS has confirmed that this uh, third collection of two classic NIS RPGs is going to include Rhapsody, a musical adventure, <coughs> excuse me, a musical adventure, and La Pucella? Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Puchella? La Puchella Ragnarok. Whatever. I got I got part of the name right. At least I got the Ragnarok right. And uh, this is going to be coming out in summer 2022. So it's like, basically, I think they saw the success of the first one. Which, I mean, it seemed to do pretty well. And it seemed to be like a relatively uh, quick and dirty port. So, uh... Basically, the NIS has figured out that uh, if they just uh, quickly and cheaply copy and paste two NIS games onto a Switch cart, everybody's going to buy it. <laughs> and uh, guess what? They are probably right on that one. And I remember Rhapsody kind of piquing my interest when it got a DS port, like about 15 years ago, something like that. And unfortunately, I just never got around to picking it up. I mean, there was a lot of stuff on the DS. Oh, boy. That was kind of kind of setting the stage for everything that would happen with the Switch and all the uh, amazing titles I had to get my hands on with that. <laughs> oh, boy. But um, the uh, missing graphic I was mentioning had a uh, picture of the special edition, which is probably going to be like the uh, previous two special editions, where it has like an art book, a uh, two-disc soundtrack CD, and like some acrylic stands or something like that. And that version is going to be $99.99 on the NIS store, and it's available for pre-order now, unless it is sold out since the last time I looked. Uh, but it is a 
you know, a, a noteworthy collection, and I'm glad to see these uh, classic JRPGs getting some new life on a system that, uh, well, quite frankly, I can take anywhere and plug it in the TV, and quite frankly, I'm happy either way. But that will do it for Collecting News. Back in a moment with new releases. Even with the even with the chair with the back, I'm still sitting forward. There we go. Ah, that's better. I can lean back. Maybe scoot in a little bit more. Ah, there we go. Comfort is hard. Alrighty. I will give the show another plug during the break. And I won't hit you with music break or anything like that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay with it. Screw it, we'll do it live. <laughs> okay. Ready? Live on Spreaker. <laughs> All right. I'm listening in. All right. It's away. Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. Now, one more. This time I will maybe tweak that. And this stuff is not going to be in the regular part of the show, just for the record. This is an ad break. And you get something better than ad. You get me talking while I tweet stuff. Oh, what can I say? All right. That's handled. One more swig of my beverage. And it's not an adult beverage. And if I've driven you to drinking, I am sorry, or perhaps you are welcome. <laughs> All right. Let's talk new releases, and first up we have the uh, big baseball title for 2022, that being MLB The Show 22, and that has hit PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox uh, Series X and S, and it's also day one on Game Pass, and for new for this year, the Nintendo Switch. And what's noteworthy for this one is that the Switch does have a physical release. However, it does require about a 16 gigabyte download if you want to do anything besides uh, recreate the World Series from last year. <laughs> um, yeah, they basically included a little bit of gameplay, but you need to download most of the game to actually do much of anything with it. Uh, yeah, and you can also get the, uh, uh, the Digital Deluxe Edition, which I believe is ninety nine ninety nine on all platforms. 
and uh, you can also get the uh, deluxe steelbook edition with some neat uh, with some neat hand drawn artwork of uh, Shohei Otani on the cover. Really sharp looking stuff, and they did not do the uh, new era hat bundle like they usually did. Uh, that's kind of disappointing. I was actually looking forward to getting that on the Switch, but, uh, oh well. But, um, we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, the Switch version and how that runs when we get to pickups a little later on. Uh, moving on, we have LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, and that is basically hitting just about every platform I just mentioned for MLB The Show. <laughs> And uh, basically, this has a regular edition, you know, standard physical retail release, as well as a deluxe edition, which has been really, really hard to come by. And it is actually getting scalped online for somewhere in the neighborhood of like 120 to $220, something like that. I've seen prices all over the place. And the reason why this is... Such a coveted special edition isn't simply, you know, the box or, you know, what's included with the box, which is just the um, uh, the game itself and, you know, standard retail packaging and the uh, season pass or the character pass, I should say. Uh, it comes with a exclusive Lego minifigure of Luke Skywalker with a blue milk mustache. And that little micro figure is going for 70 bucks. Yes, I am serious. No, I am not joking. Uh, 70 bucks for a Lego micro figure. It's like you actually see people, you know, selling the game online. It's like, oh, hey, game and inserts, no micro figure. <laughs> and it's like still like the same price as everything else. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, been actually reviewing uh, very well. One of the best uh, reviewed Lego games in quite some time. And again, this is another one that uh, I will touch on a little bit more when we get to pickups and impressions. But um, there was a progress stopping bug with Attack of the Clones. Uh, basically, the game recreates, you know, all nine, in their words, all nine of the uh, episodic Star Wars movies. And uh, there was a glitch with Attack of the Clone, <clears throat> excuse me, Attack of the Clones, where uh, Django Fett would kind of glitch out in some way, shape, or form, and he would not uh, trigger the next event. And there was nothing you could do to stop it, or you know, or to uh, fix it. Excuse me. Uh, once you encountered it, you actually had to uh, start a new save, and that actually was a bit of a time-consuming process if you had to do that because Episode 2 is not unlocked. You have to play through uh, The Phantom Menace first in order to get to uh, Episode 2. So uh, if you got hit with that glitch and um, had to, uh, you know, stop what you were doing with it, well, you don't have to replay your save because I think it already got patched out. I, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, so if you're worried about that progress uh, stopping bug, don't worry about it. It ha apparently has been fixed, at least on Switch. Uh, I am hearing reports. I saw somebody uh, tweet me on Twitter today, or yesterday, possibly, 
uh, about there being a glitch with uh, Maz Kanata's castle in episode 7. Uh, I haven't gotten up to that yet. Um, yeah, it's a little bit on the glitchy side, apparently. Uh, but, um, like I said, we'll get to that one a little bit more a little bit later. Uh, next up, we have Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And I think this has a deluxe edition or a special edition out there on, at Best Buy. It might be sold out by now. I'm not sure if it actually came with the game or not. I, I can't keep track of these deluxe editions. Some some include the game, some don't. But, uh, I believe this is a spinoff of Borderlands? And, um, I guess that's gonna mean, uh, running and gunning and looting and stuff like that. Uh, quite frankly, the only way this has really, you know, stuck out to me amongst the, uh, you know, frequent FPS crowd is, um, basically they have used two songs by Baby Metal, <laughs> uh, in their trailers. They used, uh, Gimme Chocolate when they revealed the game last summer at E3, I want to say, and, uh, and then for, I guess it was the launch trailer, they had an instrumental version of, I think it was, uh, Catch Me If You Can? It was one of the, one of the songs on the first album, really, really good song, I must say. But, um, you know, if you're looking for more of the, uh, Borderlands style of action with a, uh, apparently a kind of like a crazy possible dream world type thing. Uh, yeah, there you go. Tiny Tina's. But, um, moving on, we have, uh, more running and gunning, but this of the, uh, arcadey variety. We have seen the release of House of the Dead remake. And this hit the Switch for $24.99. It's actually on sale for $22.49, so you'll save yourself two bucks and change but um basically this is a port of the uh, classic light gun game except it's you know had everything you know revamped a bit and modernized so it's a little bit easier on the eyes and apparently they uh, kept the cheesy style dub to it and uh, basically this uses the gyroscope of the switch joy cons so it's not going to be as um one-to-one or as precise as, say, uh, the Wiimote was for House of the Dead 2 and 3 collection. Uh, but uh, it might uh, do the job pretty well, apparently, from all accounts. And, of course, I think you can play it in the uh, traditional moving the control stick style as well. Uh, you know, not one of those games I really go out of, the, go out of my way to play, but, uh, you know... Ask me again around Halloween when it's on sale for like 50% off or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, gotta have a good zombie game. But um, moving on, we have a title that hit on multiple systems. And unfortunately, it's uh, not exactly impressing all that much. And that being Chrono Cross the Radical Dreamers Edition. And this is only $19.99, so it's not exactly up there as, as far as price goes. But, um, unfortunately, it has two folds worth of issues. Uh, the first of which is, if you care about things like censorship, they have actually, uh, changed the panties on one of the female characters. <laughs> now, normally changing panties isn't a bad thing. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, whenever you see anything, you know, censorship-wise, it kind of makes you roll your eyes a bit. I know uh, Senran Kagura Burst Renewal, which was actually a really good kind of like a kind of like a middle ground between a Musou game and Ninja Gaiden. It's like that had some censorship controversies to it, and that just torpedoed its sales. And it's like it was actually a really good uh, retelling of the first Senran Kagura game or events or something like that. But, you know, censorship issues are, some for some people, a make-or-break issue, and I can understand why, because, you know, Sony's censorship policies have uh, not exactly been all that great, uh, especially in recent years. But um, to make matters worse with this is that apparently there's a new graphics mode, I guess, added for this, and I'm not sure if it's just plain called new graphics mode or what, but... Um, Apparently, uh, when uh, Digital Foundry did a side-by-side comparison between the PS1 version of Chrono Cross and this new version, the Radical Dreamers edition, on PS5, not PS4, mind you, PS5, they actually figured out that the frame rate for the PS1 version was actually better than the new graphics mode on the PS5. Seriously. Seriously. Think about that for a minute. The frame rate is better on a PlayStation 1 than a PlayStation 5. Absolutely re-fucking-diculous. I've... I, I, I'm damn near speechless about it. <laughs> I mean, that is ridiculous. I... There's absolutely no excuse for that besides laziness. And that's not even an excuse for it. The PS5 should be able to handle that just, I mean, practically with its uh, proverbial eyes closed. And apparently the uh, the frame rate difference was actually pretty good. It was like, uh, I want to say it was like about 30 FPS on PS1 versus around 20 on PS5. I mean, it's some ridiculous number. And it doesn't look that... that Graphically intense. It's not like this is like some intense visual display. I mean, this thing looks like a, you know, maybe like a PS2 era title. I mean, and I'm not trying to use that. I've said that about, you know, not using like direct comparisons to consoles that are inaccurate. But basically, you know, this version of it looks a little bit better than the PS1 release. So I'm estimating it's not quite PS3 level, I'm saying it's PS2 level, and if I'm wrong with that, I'm not trying to exaggerate for dramatic effect. But anyways, you know, I mean, it does not look graphically intense at all. It should not be pushing the system that much that it can't put out a 30 frames per second frame rate on this thing. It, it, it's a retro game, for God's sake. What the hell? Uh, it, It's just... It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. And, uh... And and a Twitter friend of mine said that he was noticing some pretty significant input lag. Honestly. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. 
you get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at FACET is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T-Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. So um, maybe wait for a patch on that one. <laughs> um, let's see. Moving on, we have a new RPG. I believe this is on the Switch. I don't know about other platforms. Uh, it's like, I always notice the Switch stuff. It, it just seems like it's the more, the more uh, collected console lately. And sometimes, I you know, these things just kind of get swept under the rug. But I don't know this this as a uh, PS5 version. But uh, the NIS title Crystar has been released. And it's a $49.99 title. And it's available digitally. And it does have a physical release as well. Uh, I'm not sure how popular this is going to be so maybe one of a uh, higher priority collector titles um you know it's an nis title it's probably not going to get a huge print run unless it really uh, is you know generating a uh, good amount of publicity on social media and quite frankly i haven't seen much of anything about it from my uh, twitter verse if you will but um Basically, Crystar, and I, I talked about this before, and I think it has a special edition on the NAS website, the NAS store. <clears throat> God, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it has a special edition, and uh, I think it might be sold out by now, but uh, you can still find the physical version at Best Buy and Amazon and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of a... Uh, rather depressing sounding game to be honest it's like i took this quote from the uh, description for it and it said turn your pain into power by summoning mighty guardians to stand alongside you and when overwhelmed with grief draw strength from your tears to grow stronger now maybe that last part could have been a back-of-the-box quote on elden ring <laughs> but um yeah i don't know uh I'm depressed enough as it is. I don't need any any games to uh, make me want to, like, you know, huddle up into a ball and sop my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to avoid that. Uh, but uh, apparently it's it looks pretty inter interesting. It has a uh, neat art style to it, an anime art aesthetic. And um, that can be, uh, like I said, had digitally or physically. 
and um, moving on, we have uh, one last thing I'll mention this week for new releases. And that is the Nintendo Switch Online getting a new title on the N64 collection. And that being Mario Golf. Mario Golf is hitting the Switch Online service expansion pass. And that is going to be on April 15th. And now if I remember correctly. Now this, we just talked about Hot Shots Golf a few minutes ago. And I want to say this was developed by Camelot as well. I think they did the Hot Shots Golf games and Mario Golf. And I remember this actually being a really good game of golf. So if you have the uh, Switch Online expansion pass, you should be in for a pretty good treat. With that one, it should be a uh, beefy retro golfing experience for you. And that will be out in uh, just a few days. That'll be, uh, be out on Friday, I think. I'm looking at this correctly. Thursday or Friday? Ah, hell if I know. Okay, wait a second. Uh, Friday, yeah. I had it right. Huh. How do you like that? I was right. <laughs> and that will do it for new releases. We will have pickups and impressions in just a moment. All right. And let's see, I will do some more retweets on the break. And let's see. I know this is compelling radio, but it's hard to talk and write at the same time. Believe me. I mean, I could hit you with a music break, but I, I mean, you hear the music enough as it is. <laughs> this is a late one. I thought, you know, maybe few people would be uh, looking for something to uh, listen to while doing some late night gaming. And uh, hopefully I'm right. And if not, hey, at least you can download it. done and that's done all right 
We're back, and before I get to pickups and impressions, we have some good news, and that being that the uh, second stream for FOMO's Mofo, the live streams and reactions stream, feed, whatever you want to call it, uh, is now available officially on Google Podcasts. So you have a, a new opportunity to go back and listen to the live stream without the editing and uh, all that jazz. So um, hopefully... You will uh, consider giving that a subscribe as well. And uh, drop a five-star review wherever you can. It really helps out. And uh, this is an indie podcast, so uh, that stuff really, really does help. Now, pickups and impressions. And I teased a uh, pickup or two in the previous segment. And let's get into MLB The Show 22. Now, personally... You know, I'm not a big modern sports gamer. Uh, I generally will pick up, you know, MLB The Show primarily. And maybe on the off chance a new FIFA or a really cheap Madden title or something like that. And, of course, WWE whenever I, you know, get the chance. Um, and basically, you know, MLB The Show has this reputation of excellence. Because, you know, this is a long-running series. I think it's been going on for about 16 years. I think 16 or 17 years. And um, basically, you know, they've gotten it to the point where the engine is so refined and the experience is so perfect that they've almost painted themselves into a corner. And just by nature of being so good and so perfect... They uh, really didn't have much room to improve on and essentially painted themselves into a corner. They have kind of fallen into the uh, typical annual sports game roster update, you know, category. And unfortunately, this has not changed with MLB The Show 22. Um, basically, you know, a lot of the new improvements or additions are specifically limited to the Diamond Dynasty online mode which is basically like this uh, collector card, gotcha, you know, online, build-your-own-team type thing. I, I guess like uh, Unlimited Foot? I guess it was you call, that's what you call it on the uh, FIFA things or Madden Ultimate Team. You know, stuff like that. And basically, you know, you earn cards by, you know, complete, completing all these different objectives or by, uh, you know, using your in-game stubs, the in-game currency... That you get while playing the game, and of course by opening your wallet. Highly encouraged to open your wallet, I might add. And of course you get the packs, you open them up, you might get, hey, a Mike Trout with like a, you know, like a 0.3% odds of getting it. And, you know, personally, you know, I, I always make use of whatever, you know, card packs or stubs I get, you know, from buying the game. But I've never been tempted to really jump into the online portions of the mode. It's just never really seemed all that fun to me. Especially because so many people pull the plug on it. But um, basically, you know, one of the big new things is like a single player mode for Diamond Dynasty called Mini Seasons. And basically it's like a 28 game season. And all the uh, games in Diamond Dynasty, I believe, are only three innings. I could be wrong about that. I'm not sure about the online portion. Um... And basically, these mini-seasons allow you to earn EXP, you know, XP to 
unlock special cards or complete events or, you know, fulfill objectives or whatever. And, I mean, it's a neat idea, and, of course, it's built on everything else that was in, you know, MLB The Show 21 and 20 and 19, (laughs) and the list goes on and on. And aside from that, unfortunately, uh, there's not a lot of new stuff to talk about. I mean, uh, the uh, traditional road to the show mode, which is basically you create your player, you take them from the minor leagues all the way up to the majors, and you basically play all these different plays throughout, you know, your career. You know, uh, if you're like a right fielder or whatever, you know, eventually the game will throw you an opportunity to like make a make a killer catch or rob a home run or something like that. Um, but basically, you know, the problem with uh, Road to the Show this year is, guess what? It's uh, almost exactly the same as last year. I mean, the same intro video with, you know, talking about this, you know, this prospect straight out of high school or college or whatever. And uh, he's waiting to get the call. And, of course, you pick your team and have a conversation have a conversation with your coach. There, I'll, I'll get it right eventually. And then, you know, the phone rings and it's the logo of the team that you were wanting to be on. I mean, exactly the same as last year. And, I mean, like I was saying, it's, it's, you know, another one of those situations where, you know, it's they've kind of painted themselves into a corner by being so good with it. It's like, how do you really improve on it? I mean, it's just besides giving it a new coat of paint. Um, but one of the uh, big things, I guess you could say, the big, uh, maybe not necessarily an improvement, as far as like a technical improvement, I guess you'd say, from a gameplay standpoint, but rather a, a uh, convenience thing is the uh, the ability to play it on the go on the Switch. And of course, that was the version that I picked up because, you know, I pretty much want to play everything portably, if I possibly can. And uh, basically a few, uh, few weeks ago, maybe about six weeks or so, uh, they did the MLB The Show 22 tech test. And um, basically, this uh, this version uh, was not optimized very well. It was the first uh, the first experience people had with gameplay on uh, uh, on the Switch for MLB The Show, and it just ran abysmally. <laughs> um, I, I, I must admit. I was more than a little nervous, you know, at the idea of possibly picking up the show on the Switch after it. But thankfully, you know, the final product has turned out to be surprisingly good, to be honest. Um, obviously, some concessions had to be made because of bringing a game that looks as good as MLB The Show onto a platform like the Switch. And unfortunately, that takes the, the uh, form of a uh, 30-ish, give or take, uh, frame uh, frames per second, and uh, unfortunately, also in uh, some drastically lower textures in certain areas. Um, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why I was getting compared to a PSP game is because, unfortunately, you know, when you are looking at some textures of the ballparks, it does look like a pretty low resolution graphic that you probably would have seen on 
a PSP or possibly the Vita. Probably closer to the Vita. Uh, of course, it's been several years since I played the show on the Vita, actually, now that I think about it. But, um... Uh, basically, uh, you know, the graphics are decent. I, I'd say they are somewhere around the PS3 era show games. Uh, it's perfectly fine, perfectly playable, and that that's actually the the uh, the relief that comes from playing the full version is that they actually did get the optimization right with this. And, you know, I've had very little trouble whatsoever besides just me being me and, you know, sucking at the show half the time, most of the time. But, um, you know, uh, when you're playing the game, you're actually up at bat, you know, taking your swings, stuff like that. I mean, it feels pretty good. And, uh, you know, I've had no issues playing with it. Uh, I haven't felt like I've been really, you know, screwed over by anything or whatever. Uh, you know, by anything on a technical level, it's just basically me sucking at baseball. <laughs> but, um, uh, basically, you know, one thing they've added for this year, and I'm assuming this is because of the Switch having a, um, uh, you know, the issues with Joy-Con Drift. And, of course, the game uses... Typically uses the PCI, a plate coverage indicator. Basically, the uh, little oval that you move around while in the batter's box to uh, aim your swing and, you know, take your whack at the ball. And basically, you know, I guess to possibly help mitigate any potential problems with that, you know, affecting gameplay, they have added a simple timing mode, a timing swing option for MLB The Show 22. And this is a uh, basically as simple as it gets. It I guess it does it, all the number crunching as far as like you know you know visibility or you know being able to read the ball and you know what kind of contact or whatever. And basically, it just kind of boils it down to like some sort of like I guess you know behind the scenes number crunching. And all you have to do is just read whether it's a ball or a strike or if you want to take a swing at it or if you want to use a power swing or just a contact swing to try to get a base hit. And that's basically all you do. And quite frankly, I've been uh, I've been trying that for uh, the entire time I've been playing it. And it's actually been an interesting challenge because I always struggled with the plate coverage indicator. It's like, my mind kind of goes into the uh, kind of like the typical aiming uh, mindset of, um, you know, playing an FPS. And, you know, typically I invert the Y axis, you know, so it's like down is up and up is down, you know. And I've always wanted that kind of an option in MLB The Show because sometimes I'd have a good read on it, but my natural reflexes would basically take over in the, uh, oh, I pressed down when I should have pressed up. I was trying to press up and I, you know, I hit down or whatever. And, um, you know, basically that, that always just threw me for a loop. And, um, so to have this timing, the simple basic timing, as well as they have like two new difficulty modes that are a little bit, you know, uh, catered to inexperienced players. I mean, I just play on veteran or whatever. I'm I'm halfway decent at the show. Like, right in the middle. I'm, like, not super great at it. I don't completely suck at it either. I'm just middle ground. But um, if you're new to it, 
it's you know you got plenty of options to make the show a fun experience and quite frankly having you know this version of the show on the switch it's been great because i've been able to sit down and you know mlb just started a few days ago i've been watching games on tv watching my orioles get swept by the uh tampa bay rays <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a long long orioles year <laughs> but i'm watching this and i'm playing mlb the show on the switch while i'm watching tv and it's like that's what i loved about playing it on the vita i just loved being able to multitask watching something on tv while playing baseball on the go wherever i was sitting on the couch or you know <laughs> or in the theater or whatever so you know basically you know to have it you know turn out as well as it did i mean it's not perfect if you are obsessed on frame rates and resolutions and stuff like that you know you're obviously going to want to grab it on other consoles instead uh but you know for what it is if you only have the the uh the switch or you just want to have that experience on the go or while you're traveling or whatever this is i'd say a better than expected version of it um, I'd say maybe with the uh, the heavy download size, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, just you have to get it physically. I'd say, you know, maybe you might want to consider grabbing it digitally, even if you traditionally do buy these things physically. I might end up doing that next year if, uh, if they give me the opportunity with it. But, um, but overall, I mean, I've been happy with it. I'm, I'm enjoying you know having the show on the go it's like it's always been one of those things where it's like i just i struggled to sit down with a console in just you know one room one tv that's it it's like i have to sit down and dedicate the time to doing nothing but sitting and playing this game right here right now and I, that's been a bit of a struggle for me in recent years you know of course i i do caretake so it's uh one of those things where it's like i'm always having to jump up and you know run around and get somebody a drink or get somebody a snack or something like that <laughs> so having it portably and being able to do that from you know wherever uh it's actually something i'm really looking forward to uh getting my uh bang for the buck on as a matter of fact i actually uh sat outside stretched out on a uh, chase lounge and uh played like five or six innings I, I i finished up a game of uh mlb the show i had started just sitting there playing you know playing in my backyard on the uh on the oled screen and it's like this is great i don't understand why people hate gaming outside i know it can sometimes be difficult to see the screen but there are ways around that and you're basically just chilling out outside enjoying the best of the outdoors the fresh air the sunlight and also playing a game like you were inside. It's like, come on, it's not that bad. You know, just sit under an umbrella or something like that. <laughs> but um, moving on. Oh, I've, one thing I forgot to mention before I move on is that one thing they did change this year was the uh, commentary team. They have uh, retired Matt Vaskersian, who has been voicing the show since the show came into existence. And I really hated to see Matt go, as I always liked his voice. And, of course, he had, like, a big back catalog of, you know, lines from doing the games for so long. Um, but they have replaced him with uh, John Shambi and Chris Singleton. I believe Shambi does the voiceovers and the play-by-play -play for 
uh, the Cubs, and I think ESPN as well. And um, and they it, the new team it sounds really really good. If you were getting tired of Matt, you know, doing the doing the uh, commentary each and every year, the new team it sounds really good, and they use a mix of studio recordings and actual uh, real game audio for it. So that's a neat neat twist in there as well. But um, you know, I wish they at least kept um, kept Matt in just as like a uh, like a secondary option. Like they have two different presentation styles: uh, MLB The Show, which uses like the uh, fake augmented reality graphics, you know, the logos on the field and stuff like that, and then the uh, regional uh, broadcast, which is more like the uh, local varies from team to team style presentation. And it would have been neat if, like, uh, Shambi and Singleton were calling, like, for MLB The Show, and then um, and then Matt Vaskersian and one of the other uh, play-by-play guys, or color, uh, color commentary guys, was, um, you know, joining him on that for, uh, like, the regional things. That's what I would have liked them to have done with it, but they didn't. But, oh well, I mean, Matt had one hell of a run, and uh, on one of the live streams that they did for... Um, uh, in the lead into the show launching, they actually put together a really nice uh, tribute package to Matt Vaskers, and I thought that was a really classy move by uh, San Diego Studios. They uh, they didn't have to do that, but they did. So you know that's uh, that uh, wins them some uh, good points in my book. That that's a, a classy way of handling it. Now moving on, we have. Another game I talked about, and I tried to resist the urge of going too deep into it in the previous segment, and that being Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. And uh, basically, you know, this has been, you know, I'm basically, you know, I've, I've been about maybe five hours in, four or five hours in. I played through The Phantom Menace, and I just finished up uh, Attack of the Clones last night. And uh, I did not encounter the uh, Attack of the Clones glitch, so I think that really did get patched out with version 1.0.3 update, hopefully. But um, this is, you know, th- this has definitely been a very ambitious uh, Lego title. It's like in previous games, you know, they've done a lot with uh, hub worlds. I know uh, Lego The Incredibles had, you know, uh, just a big sprawling city that uh, everything took place in. You saw uh, multiple hub worlds in Lego The Force Awakens, and of course, uh, uh, Hogwarts served as the hub world in Lego uh, Harry Potter. Um, and this one, they don't have, you know, just a handful of hub worlds. They've basically turned you know, every major planet from every Star Wars movie, well, well, I'm, I'm using, I'm going to use the all nine films line again because they uh, conveniently left out uh, Rogue One and uh, Solo, a Star Wars story from the uh, the story modes of these games. I don't know if the plans themselves are in it or not, but there are DLC characters based on both movies. And if you buy the deluxe edition and get the character pass with it, you basically get access to them. But um, basically, with each planet, you have at least one hub world or multiple hub worlds. And, you know, there are 
all sorts of different, you know, mini objectives and side quests and, you know, things to unlock, things to collect, things to explore. And these are decently sized hub worlds in, uh, in many instances. Like, you'll have multiple, you know, areas to explore on each planet. Like, um, oh, I forget the name of the town in, uh, or the city in Phantom Menace, but you basically have the city on Naboo. You have the uh, the forest area where uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan meet Jar Jar Binks. And then you have, um, you know, the, the underwater uh, world where the Gungans live. And that's just one, you know, one planet. And there are well over a dozen planets in the game. And you also have space exploration. I haven't done a lot of that yet. And there hasn't been many opportunities to really explore that all that much. But, um, you know, I've just, so far, so it's I've just been having a ball with it. Uh, the gameplay is, you know, still your traditional Lego running around, bashing things, you know, collecting this and moving that and using the force and stuff like that. I mean, it's if you played a Lego Star Wars game, it's pretty much that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, it's, you know, the presentation values with it have been very, very good. You know, you have, you know, the... Uh, John Williams scores from all the movies in there, you know, and of course everything has been Legoized or Legoatized or whatever. So, um, like, like with Phantom Menacing, of course, this is, I'm using the, uh, episode one and two comparisons just because that's all I've played of it so far. I'm doing the, the games in canonical movie order. Um, and, uh, basically the scene where Qui-Gon and Jar Jar meet and, like, Jar Jar ends up like kind of like tackling him and they both fall down in like one of the hover tanks for the uh, the droid army, uh, the Trade Federation or whatever, you know, hovers over them. And of course, in the movie, they're safe. They don't get hurt. But in Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker saga, like Qui-Gon hits his head repeatedly on the bottom of the hover tank as it's passing over. And of course, it bashes the Imperial March sound. <laughs> Dink, 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 dink. <laughs> and it, it's, I mean, the Lego humor in this, it's like, maybe it's just because I've played so many of them, but some some things feel a little played out. But uh, if you haven't played a ton of Lego games, it's like the humor can really, can really hit hard with it. I mean, it, it's a great series, great sense of humor to it. They dance around a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, trickier subjects. You know, you really don't see much of anything as far as the romance between uh, Anakin and Padme. Um, and you basically, you do see, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn getting killed. And, like, right after that, you know, Anakin's like, who's going to train me? And he's holding, like, a like a framed picture of Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> and um, then Obi-Wan says something about, I'm going to complete your training. And he throws, and uh, Anakin throws the, uh, the framed picture of Qui-Gon away, like, oh, to hell with you. <laughs> I mean, it's just stuff like that. When the humor hits, it's really, really good. And that's always been the same, that way with the Lego games. They're, you know, and I've, I've heard, I've heard somebody else say it, but I've also said it before, uh, in previous, uh, times, I think maybe even on the show. It's like the Lego games are kind of like comfort food gaming. You know what you're going to get pretty much every time 
and that's okay because it's usually really, really good. And it seems to be really, really good with this as well. Uh, there's a ton of content to this game. We're talking like over 300 characters, I want to say. And uh, you know how you traditionally have to collect Lego bricks, you know, to unlock new things or whatever. And basically these are uh, called Kyber Crystal Lego bricks. And of course Kyber Crystals are what, you know, makes the uh, the lightsabers glow and light up and stuff like that. Well, in this one, you have 1,166 kyber crystals to collect. That's like 100 or 1,166 uh, Lego bricks worth of side quests and collectathons and mini challenges and you name it. So there is a ton of things to do in this game <laughs> and I have no idea how many hours it's going to take to do it all uh, I mean I don't know that I mean I, I don't want to go too far and estimate like a hundred hours or more worth of content here but it's a good possibility if you money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from facet wealth financial planning used to focus on retirement but facet helps you with today you get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision inflation interest rates stock market changes home prices how do you figure it all out well every advisor at facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary that's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T-Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Want to, you know, perfect every level, unlock every character, get every, you know, um, every upgrade. You have like a, uh, like a flowchart style uh, upgrade tree or whatever to improve all your skills for yourself, your main characters or just in general, as well as each character class, you know, uh, heroes, Jedis, uh, scavengers, and all sorts of others, scoundrels. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's just, there is so much content here that I just, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to finish it all. But, um, you know, one thing I... I there, well, two things I'll mention that are not necessarily that great. It's like there are some instances where they've had to uh, abridge uh, the story elements in the cutscenes, like combine several different 
scenes or the events from several different scenes down into one like really short scene and it's like with uh with phantom menace you have the scene where anakin uh meets qui-gon and padme in Watto's shop and they're looking for the parts for their ship then you have the conversation with um uh shmi i think it is uh anakin's mother you know talking about you know uh you know you know, I, I I can't remember exactly what they were talking about, but basically, you know, that scene after leaving Watto's shop in the movie where, you know, they go to Anakin's house and they're meeting with her. And uh, then the scene, which I think takes place right outside or right inside the uh, the garage for the Ponza Eve classic pod racing scene. And it's the one where um, Qui-Gon and Watto make the deal like, if uh, Anakin wins, he gets his freedom, and if he loses, you know, Watto gets Anakin's pod racer. And uh, basically, it's like these three scenes got condensed into one maybe 30 to 45 second cutscene, and it felt really rushed. And, you know, there haven't been too many scenes like that, but there are some instances where they do things a little bit differently, or some things aren't in the exact same order as the movies and as a you know diehard star wars fan it's like the stuff that isn't right feels glaring even if it is supposed to be you know just a light-hearted parody or you know a light-hearted light-hearted take on it and you know the uh the cutscenes you know being really abridged or you know not having very good pacing it's like that stuff really sticks out to me because i write and you know basically you know, I'll have, you know, instances where, you know, I'm supposed to put, you know, this much information into, you know, an ad for a radio, a radio commercial or a TV commercial or whatever. And, you know, they'll want all these things in their ad. But if you, you know, if you actually only have like 30 seconds to work with, fitting all this stuff in, you know, as they want is going to like completely derail the flow of it and it's not going to hit the way that the uh you know whoever's going to want it uh you know whoever's wanting the ad it's not going to hit the way they want it to but you know that's one of those things where it's like you have to kind of make do with the time you're allotted and i mean they do the best they can with it but it just feels like they should have made a little bit more of an effort to kind of you know stretch these things out a bit because some scenes just feel rushed to them at least from what i've seen so far and i haven't gotten into you know the original trilogy yet so you know that's probably where i'm really going to get picky about things and of course i don't don't really care about the sequel trilogy it's just kind of like a take it or leave it type thing (laughs) um i mean i mean they're okay movies but they really didn't do enough with the stories you know it, it just yeah I'm not going to get into it. But um, one technical problem that I've noticed with uh, the game on the Switch is that there are times when characters or assets do not load properly or they get stuck in some geometry. Um, like, for example, the uh, climax fight of Attack of the Clones. One of the, um, one of the monsters in the... Uh, I guess the arena, if you will, 
ended up getting stuck in some geometry and I couldn't figure out what the hell I was doing wrong. I couldn't figure out what to do next. And um, I thought I had beaten everybody, but no uh, cutscene had triggered and I couldn't have or I couldn't find any way of climbing up and, you know, getting to some of the enemies up up above uh, in the arena. And it turned out that be, uh, one of the monsters had gotten stuck like inside one of the walls of the arena and I ended up having to restart that chapter or that level, N not the entire uh, the entire series or the ep uh, the entire episode, but you know just that just that one little chapter. And of course, the second time everything worked as is. But you know, I mean, you have to expect some level of jankiness with the Lego games, but it feels like this one's a little bit you know a little bit jankier than usual, maybe. Um, you know, in another instance, uh, there's a robot that, uh, that gives out all sorts of hints and tutorials and stuff like that. And, uh, I think it's actually called Hint, like H1-NT or something like that. I think that's what they named it. And, um, there's one time where I'd go off in a distance and I'd see it or I'd hear some lines from it, like some dialogue for it. And I'd see it off in the distance, I guess it was. And when I'd go over closer to it, it would disappear completely. And you couldn't interact with it. You couldn't talk to it. But it would still occasionally drop lines of dialogue. But there was nothing there. And that happened uh, a couple of times uh, with, uh, you know, one time with a, uh, a Gungan character in, in the uh, under uh, underwater uh, hub world on Naboo. It's like it was on a stairway, uh, you know, on this one stairway going up. And when I was walking on this one walkway a few feet away from it, you know, I could see it. And then I'd jump across and um, and then I'd get try to get closer to talk to it because I thought it was like some sort of like an objective-based thing or something like that or side quest type thing. I'd go to talk to it and it would disappear. Then I'd jump back over, back across to the other walkway. It would come back. Then I jump back across, and it was gone again. And it, I mean, it's just stuff like that. And there was like another time where, um, like, some environmental asset didn't load right, and you know, I could still move it with the force, and I was like lifting it up, and I was basically lifting up nothing besides like a swirling effect to you know represent the force. And you know, I was able to move it all all around and everything, but there was nothing there. I mean, it's just stuff, you know, stuff like that. Simple, simple things that just could have been handled if they had a little bit more time. Hopefully, stuff that's going to get patched out or fixed relatively quickly. Um, but uh, you know, I've heard this game has gone through development hell. I think I want to say like fifty people left. And I think I'm, I'm trying to remember because I know I talked about it when uh, the release date got announced. And there was a talk about, like, 50 people leaving the studio during the uh, last two years of development on it. And, unfortunately, it kind of shows. But, you know, the overall product, I mean, it's absolutely worth your time. Um, maybe a little bit more down the road once they've addressed some of the more pressing issues with it. But, I mean, to be honest... I'm I'm enjoying it. I love Lego. I love Star Wars. I love Lego Star Wars games. It's, you know, it's doing a 
a good job of getting me back into, you know, the Lego game mindset. And um, hopefully uh, in the coming days and weeks, there will be more patches that will fix some of the uh, more pressing glitches with it. But uh, on a technical level, uh, it looks maybe a little bit blurry on the TV. Maybe not quite as sharp as it should be. Maybe it's like 720p on TV docked. And it actually looks pretty good in handheld mode. Maybe the same resolution in handheld or close to it. I mean, it's... I mean, I've I spent more time with it in handheld mode than docked on the TV. But, I mean, they both look okay. But if you are a real stickler for the on-TV, or, you know, for the docked or, you know, on the, on the TV experience, uh, you might want to... Uh, might want to consider picking up a uh, dedicated platform version of that instead of grabbing it on the Switch. But, um, you know, either way, it's definitely worth keeping your eye on. And, of course, LEGO games tend to drop in price relatively quickly. It's not, it's not unusual for it to be, you know, 40 bucks maybe in like a month or two or maybe even lower than that, uh, you know, by, uh, by Black Friday. You know, maybe you'll be able to find it for like 25 or 30 um, but if you like Star Wars games and you like the, uh, Lego games, it's absolutely worth checking out. And, I, uh, you know, I've, I mean, glitches aside, I've been very, very happy with it. Now, speaking of things I've been very happy with, let's talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Now, for me, Kirby is, like, one of those franchises where I feel like I keep chasing the, the, uh, emotional highs of the Super Nintendo era for Kirby. It's like, I grew up playing Kirby's Dream Course and, you know, Kirby Superstar, two of my all-time favorite games. Not just for SNES, but just in general. I love those games. I wish Kirby's Dream Course would get a remake or a sequel or something like that. Uh, just because of the uh, competitive elements of it, you know, the offensive abilities plus golf. I mean, it's, it's a crazy game, and if you really figure out how to play it, it can be just the just the craziest time. But, you know, ever since then, I feel like I've been left wanting something every time I've played a Kirby game. I mean, they're good games, and I enjoy playing them. But it's like with, uh, uh, with Kirby Star Allies, the last game on Switch... You know, that was the last 2D side-scroller for uh, the Kirby franchise, if I remember correctly. And by the time I finished that game, I had earned a hundred and... I want to say it was like a hundred and... Thirteen? Extra lives? <laughs> I mean, some ridiculous number that I would never go through just because the game was just a little too easy. And, um, you know, ever since then, it's just, you know... It's one of those things where I've I've been dreaming more and more lately about, you know, what would it be like if Kirby actually did a 3D game? And when Kirby and the Forgotten Land got announced, it, it just, it felt like one of those aha moments, like, oh my god, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been looking forward to. And, you know, now it's here. I'm up to World 2 in it. I'm still, you know, pretty early on with it. But the best thing I can compare it to as far as the kind of emotional impact on it, or impact on me that it's had, is that it feels like Nintendo has, like, stumbled into something really, really good 
and it's just a question of how they are going to utilize it in the future going forward. It's like it, 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 the last time I felt like this was like I, I felt like they captured lightning in a bottle with Kid Icarus Uprising, which unfortunately they haven't done anything to continue that series with it ever, you know, in any way, shape, or form. And that is so frustrating. But <laughs> but it's like I feel like they have really stumbled onto something incredibly special with this game. This is the first time since Kirby Superstar that I have really and truly just been in love with it in all aspects. It's a gorgeous game. It has a great soundtrack to it. And the overall vibe is, you know, very lighthearted. You know, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, Waddle Dees are getting kidnapped and stuff like that. So that's not exactly all that great. But it's like just everything about this game just feels like the perfect Kirby experience like the one I've been waiting for for so many years and I just have gotten close so many times but not quite there and you know I am just I'm on cloud nine with this thing and you know I'm, I'm playing it on the wild mode difficulty because you know like I've said Kirby games are traditionally a little too easy for me and this is a little bit more challenging maybe still a little bit on the lighter side as far as difficulty goes but because of the way the stages are structured and the enemies are placed and stuff like that it feels like a an appropriate difficulty level maybe a little like i said a little bit lighter than i would have liked but i think it it works just fine and of course you have the uh, spring breeze mode if you are new to adventure games and stuff like that um but uh you know, the stages themselves are kind of reminiscent of what uh, Super Mario 3D World did. Where you have all these almost like dioramas. It's like that's, that's at least how I like to refer to them as, because I'm not sure what else you could call them. But basically these diorama-style stages where, you know, you're going up and down and side to side, but you're doing it in 3D. It's not just simply, you know, like a 2D side-scrolling game. It's like they kind of figured out how to take the uh, linearity of a 2D game and adjust it for 3D. And um, they have just done it to perfection. It's like the stages have so much replay value to them. They have mystery objectives and extra Waddle Dees you need to find. So it's like you're encouraged to explore each and every stage. And of course, that takes time too. But the more of the Waddle Dees you find, the more they will expand the, uh, the hub world in the game, the town, the Waddle Dee town or whatever it's called. And they'll add more features like the uh, Waddle D liveries, which I think I mentioned on a previous episode when they were doing the demos. And um, you can enter codes in there that you find around town or find online. And um, I mean, it's this this game is just I, I want to say it's kind of like what Mario Odyssey was for Super Mario. It's like it's one of these like reinvention type things that works so very well yet it still feels like it stays true to the traditions of the franchise at the same time it's such a weird mix but it just it's a charming charming game and i've had such a good time with it and i'm hoping i'm going to be able to uh get that finished entirely in the next few weeks um i'm juggling a lot and of course with you know, baseball being back, I, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I'm juggling and I can't actually juggle. 
Now, one other thing I'm going to mention, and this is something I'm also very early on, and I think I've maybe spent like an hour and a half to two hours with it, if that. And that is Rune Factory 5. And these are, you know, the Rune Factory games are like a mix of dungeon crawling, you know, 3D dungeon crawling meets Harvest Moon style. So you're, you know, you know, growing a farm, you're, you know, battling monsters in dungeons. And of course you have the, uh, the whole dating and romance aspect of it. And, you know, this is, um, kind of like a, I like to call it like a double A title. Uh, you know, the presentation values of it, you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously lacking something. It's like, it's like right in the middle between having like a big budget RPG style and like a, uh, you know, like a cheap, you know, you know, quick cash grab style RPG. You know, it's like basically it's like right in the middle between like a Final Fantasy game and like what Natsume does with the current Harvest Moon games. It's like the last one just got railed on because of being like kind of like a cheap cash in on the franchise. Like the graphics didn't look great. And that's been a complaint with this one, too. But, um, you know, the, the uh, environmental geometry is a little bit on the light side, and it does suffer from performance issues. But it's it's kind of offset to a degree because of the beautiful art style that the game has. I mean, these characters are just gorgeous, both in the 2D stills during cutscenes as well as the 3D character models. It's like they have a lot of charm and a lot of personality to them. Just like the uh, the uh, previously developed Harvest Moon games, or the, the uh, uh, I'm trying to think what the developer's name is. Uh, basically, you know, they moved on. Was it Marvelous? I, I, anyways, uh, basically, there was a bad split between you know Natsume and the developers of the Harvest Moon games and, and games. And when you know Natsume went on, they found a new developer to make the Harvest Moon games. They've never been quite the same. And the developers of the original Harvest Moon games have gone on to make the Story of Seasons games and now Rune Factory 5. So yeah, brief history lesson. But, um, you know, basically, you know, the series is known for charm and of course it's also known for romance. And there are plenty of eligible bachelors and bachelorettes. Uh, I believe you can do, uh, I, I think you can do gay relationships in this. Um, it's not, that's not my, uh, personal preference. No, no offense to anybody out there. That's just not my, not how I, well, I'm straight. What do you, what do you expect? (laughs) Um, but you know, if you want to do, you know, any sort of a, uh, you know, alternate lifestyle with this, you can, Uh, I believe you can, uh, date both men and women. Um, Hopefully I'm wording wording this right. Hopefully I didn't offend anybody. Not not out to. I don't have that problem with anything you guys are doing. Just be happy. That's all I want. I just want everybody around me to be happy. I don't care how. Just be happy. <laughs> but um, speaking of being happy, uh, I've basically found my uh, potential in-game crush. And uh, as you might have seen from the episode title, it is a furry. <laughs> Um, there is a character named Fuka and she is a, I'm going to say it's a dog girl. I, I, I hope I'm, 
I hope I'm wording this right because I, I basically like right when I left off when I was playing it, uh, you know, I just meeting, I just met her, and you know, it's like not long after I, I, uh, you know, had my first uh, cutscene with her and you know meeting her and stuff like that. That was around the time I put the game down, but um, um, basically, uh, you know she is a rather unique character in that she has her own kind of like a like a bestial language to her but everybody kind of understands her it's kind of like with uh how how everybody talks to dogs and they can kind of like understand them even if they can't understand what the barks are you know um but um you know i i've i haven't done enough to really you know get to know her but it's like the one cutscene I had with her was enough that I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. I've got to see where this goes. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's one thing that these Rune Factory games and the Harvest Moon, or, well, Story of Seasons games, I should say, uh, do very, very well. I mean, it's, you know, you play these games as much for, you know, the ro- romance and the love aspects of it as you do for, um, you know, for any of the action elements or the farming elements. It's like, that. this is like the draw. It's like, who are you going to marry? And um, I want to say that they had added a lot more dialogue for the English localization. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I, I seem to remember seeing something about them adding like a whole bunch of extra lines uh, just for the American release. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm having a ball with it. You know, at least what I've played of it. Uh, you know, it does have the performance issues, like I mentioned. But you know, uh, if you are, you know, you know, looking for a game that you know does the LGBTQ uh, uh, lifestyle, I guess you say. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not well versed in this stuff. Please bear with me if I'm not doing this right. Um, but uh, this is one that I think will definitely uh, handle it in a good and respectful way. And you don't necessarily see that in everything, I guess. You know, some games just give you these straight-only options, and you know, not everything is Mass Effect, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, give that a look. There is, is the Earthmate edition that kind of flickers whether it's uh, in stock or not on like Amazon or stuff like that, but it is pretty t- uh, tricky to track down. Uh, it comes in a uh, kind of like a thinner than typical for like a marvelous a marvelous or exceed uh uh title uh like the uh the cardboard box for like the limited editions is a little bit thinner like a little bit more of like a paper ish box but mine thankfully uh arrived without any sort of damage to it um and uh basically that one comes with a uh, a pretty nice uh softback or uh, I guess that's what you call it, soft, soft cover, excuse me, uh, soft cover art book with, you know, character bios and all these different, you know, production sketches and stuff like that. Really nice book. And as and a uh, soundtrack CD that has a, uh, a, a lineup of songs from throughout the Rune Factory series. And the only one I haven't played is three, if I remember correctly. But, um, you know, some of the songs I immediately recognized. So, um you know, if you can get the Earthmade edition, go for it. It has a uh, steel book with it as well, but no regular case. 
So if that's a make or break issue for you, maybe just get the standard edition. That might be the only one you can find anyways. Uh, but it is a really good game from what I've played so far. Issues aside, so far, I mean, it's it's got a lot of potential. Now, the last thing that I picked up, and I've played this, you know, maybe for 45 minutes or an hour or something like that, is a game called Grease, and that's G-R-I-S. And apparently it's like Grease means gray in, like, French or something like that. And, um... And basically, this is more of like an experience game, like an experience puzzle game where... An experience puzzle platformer. How about like that? You know, you're basically exploring these 2D worlds, you know, two, you know 2D side-scrolling worlds, and you have to bring color back to the worlds. Like the first color you bring back is red, and, you know, eventually as you move on, it's like the red is causing like these like dust storms or something like that. And basically it's like, the game doesn't have anything as far as like a game over goes, but it's like the challenge is to just make it from, you know, beginning to end with it. And, you know, you'll have various puzzle platforms of some way, shape or form. Like one was like, you had like a platform with some balloons tied to it. And when you like weighed down that platform, you had to, you know, once, once you got it all the way to the bottom, you had to, like jump off of it and sprint up and kind of beat the platform like to the top of this tower and then jump on top of the platform because you couldn't get all the way up on top of it, I don't think, without it going all the way down. And uh, you basically had to basically beat it up to the top and jump on top of it and then jump from there over to someplace else before the thing sank back down. I mean, it's stuff like that. And, you know, it's a really, really beautiful game. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I've seen it on Best Buy, and I think it's sold out. And then there was like some restocks in someplace else. Or or they just plain had it to begin with, and it was uh, on sale or whatever. But um, I'd had my eye on it. It was one of those things that kind of like piqued my curiosity. But I just, every time I thought about it, it just... I never thought to check any place else, and I just so happened on it and and jumped on it. And, you know, from what I've seen, it's been a really good game and might be uh, more in line for those of you that have enjoyed maybe, like, Flower or Journey, maybe? Like, something along those lines, but done with a 2D art style. And it's really, really nice, to be honest. Um, so definitely give that a look if you are curious about that. And I think that will do it for pickups and impressions. And of course, as usual, when pickups and impressions are done, that means the show is done too. And I would like to thank you for listening because I know this is uh, running pretty late and pretty long. Oh my God, are we at two hours on the live stream? Oh my God. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platforms of choice. And there are two feeds. One's the main show feed and the other's for live streams and reactions. Please subscribe to both and leave them both five-star reviews wherever you can because that really helps out. And the show is available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio po uh, iHeart Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Geo Savan and uh, Pod Addict? What was it? Pod Ah, uh, whatever. I forgot to make a note of it. 
we're on a new one too. Uh, that will pretty much do it. If you want to follow the show on social media, please do so on Twitter at FOMO's Mofo, or you can follow my personal account at Blue Swim. Have a great week, everybody. It's uh, uh, hopefully going to be a good one. Happy collecting, everybody. Take care and peace. We need peace. was a really long show i'm gonna have to probably edit this one in the morning uh (laughs) well let's see i didn't have anything planned as far as like a post show goes or anything but um you know uh i think it went pretty well my throat feels like i've been gargling gravel but um i hope i hope i uh worded everything okay with the uh uh, when I was talking about the uh, gay romance in uh, Room Factory 5, I, I, I'm i always, you know, so afraid I'm going to misspeak on these things. And if I did, I apologize. And and if I didn't, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that's definitely um, one of those things I, I care about doing right. Because, you know, it may not be my lifestyle, but I know there's others that I have that are friends that are are into those things. And, you know, that's important to them, so it's important to me. Well, it is getting pretty damned late. So I think this will probably do it for the live stream tonight. And if any of you have been hanging out, awesome. Thank you so much for sticking around so late. And um, I guess I will talk to you next next weekend that's the plan i'm do not intend to go two weeks between episodes because it is just a nightmare to get through everything because there's two weeks worth of news in there oh boy and it's two weeks worth of gathering news for just one show yeah no that doesn't work so i will talk to you all next week guys hope you all have a good weekend or a good week and i will see you next weekend And for the second time in the last two minutes, peace. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at FACET is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. FACET has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. 
Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.